NFL Show, part of the Mojo Sports Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Mojo Sports AFL Show. I'm your host, Callum Dunk. Joining me on the show this week, as always, is Nathan, Ash and Jake. Boys, great to see you again. It was a very interesting round of footy. My Port Adelaide bounced back in Sydney. Uh, I was uh, there live to to watch the ball just hold up in the air. The heart was in my mouth sort of stuff, and uh, the boys got the chocolates in the end. Nate's Crows had a good win over the Dockers. Uh, Ash's Blues had a good win as well, and Jake's Bombers also had the win over the Giants. So, Four very happy people on the podcast tonight, um, but still lots of interesting issues to talk about. So, uh, Nathan, how are you going, mate? Uh, how did you see the weekend's uh, round of footy? Yeah, happy Crow supporter. Um, again, another cracking round of footy um, and a couple of interesting, interesting tribunal hearings that I'm sure we'll get to as well that I'm keen to dig into a little bit deeper. And, Jake, your bombers got... The Ooh. chocolates over the Giants after being very inaccurate in front of goal, but good good that your boys got a win for you. Yeah, it was brutal, uh, but it was good to see a lot of, you know, all the teams and their midfield start to flex their muscles around the league, so it was fun to watch. And Ash's Blues are still technically undefeated. Ash, how did you uh, see the Carlton's performance against North Melbourne for the Good Friday match? Got the job done, I guess. Nothing too pretty. Nice to see McKind Kernake and wife for 10 goals and 23 marks. So best key forward duo in the comp. Not sure yeah, it's the side. I don't think too many people would be arguing with that. Um, those boys are in ripper form at the moment and they'll be crucial to Carlton's success uh, later on in the year, hopefully for you. Um, very... Uh, interesting round of footy in terms of concussions, goal reviews, suspensions, which we're going to talk about at the moment. Uh, Will Day has been offered two matches for a uh, dumping tackle um, on one of the Geelong players on uh, Easter Monday. Um, And we've also had Gary Rowan been given a week as well. Uh, Currently, Tom Lynch is at the tribunal. Um, how do, how are we seeing these instances uh, from the weekend? Because I feel like it's all very confusing. Someone gets a week, they go to the tribunal and they get it off on a technicality. Um, or as we see, you know, is this the real opportunity for the AFL to try and stamp out some of these instances? And um, do we think that Michael Christensen could have gone harder on some of these suspensions. Uh, Nate, we'll start with you first. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm probably confused, to be quite honest. Um, you know, you look at the two sling tackles, I think the worst of the two got the minimal penalty. So I thought Gay Rowans was way worse than Will Day's, or not way worse, but worse than Will Day's. And, you know, Will Day copped two weeks, so something I thought he probably almost could have got off on. Um, the action of Gary Rollins is pretty careless, pretty reckless, um, and he only got the one week. Tom Lynch being up for um, a minimum of three weeks, being sent straight to the tribunal, is, is confusing as well, uh, given I thought it was a contest. And, you know, the fact that even someone like a, um, a Harry Mackay had to uh, go to the tribunal and argue his one week for striking, I thought it was a little bit ridiculous as well. I, I, I'm confused like the players are and like us as spectators are as well at the moment. It seems very, very inconsistent when we looked at what happened in round one right the way through to now in round four. Um, yeah, I think the AFL and the tribunal and Michael Christensen and everyone else in between has got a fair bit of explaining to do in regards to the consistency of the um the uh, judgments and rulings they've put down in the last couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, if you're going to give Day two weeks, you may as well give Rowan two weeks as well. They're pretty similar in a way. I still think Rowan's is probably worse because Jack was pretty defenseless in the situation. And I was listening to uh, Lee Montagna on, you know, first crack, uh, and David King as well. He's pretty hot on the whole concussion topic. And, you know, I'd rather the AFL are on the side of suspensions for anything that's 
to do with protecting the head. Um, and we've seen that, you know, sling tackles can just cause as much, you know, damage as a bump. Sometimes a sling tackle could be even even worse because it could be shoulder injuries and it could be the head on the ground, which um, generally forces the, concuss- the concussion. So, Ash, I'll throw it to you next. What are your thoughts about uh, Mike Christensen, his decisions and uh, what we've seen from the weekend? No, I agree with the um, common sort of um, thoughts within us. Um, pretty confusing for the players, for the coaches, for the supporters. No one really knows what's going on. No one sort of knows the boundaries of what's allowed, what's not allowed, the consequences and uh, potential suspensions. And, yeah, it seems like sort of the, sometimes the worst suspensions are getting the, – the worst instances are getting um, shorter suspensions. And, yeah, it's all a bit of a mess at the moment, I reckon. Yeah, I feel like most people are going to have a similar sort of view to what we're uh, experiencing at the moment, and it's just not good for the game. You know, when we see similar incidents, we want to see similar consequences. And, um, you know, we even talk about the off-air, we were just talking about the Jake Saligo touching an umpire. That's Toby Green. He's getting a week. There's no doubt about it, the Toby Green tax. Um, Jake, what are your thoughts on the whole, you know, reporting, reporting the tribunal. Yeah, look, I mean, they're, they're you know, they're close, um, but we're always going to have inconsistencies. But I think it is pretty damning when you have two similar instances and they always pick one worse than the other. Um, so I think it, with all, once they start to crack down on it more, I like that they are suspending people a bit more for it. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it's all confusing and, yeah, just start to crack down on it more. And I don't, think talk- they can, I don't think they can continue to penalise the actual physical outcome of the player at the time. And I think that's the biggest issue at the moment is that we're sort of judging the severity of an incident by the instant reaction of a player. We saw that early on and we saw that again with Alex Keith on the weekend, I think, you know, especially with all this, you know, HIA, concussion, whatever else. We don't know what damage, you know, Will Day had a couple of weeks ago when Griff Logue ran through him and the same with Brad Close and Jayath on the weekend as well. So I think we, we need to move, remove the mentality of judging it, did the play get knocked out or not, and judge it purely on the act because as like, we don't know a lot of the ongoing, you know, health issues that these players are going to have because of the concussion and how that works from a, from a health perspective, I guess, as well. Yeah. yeah, and it's a nice segue into our next topic. Unfortunately, we saw Paddy McCartan from uh, the Swans uh, get a concussion, and it was a pretty – it wasn't really a contact sort of thing. His head just sort of, sort of uh, lightly hit the ground, um, and he was pretty much out of the game straight away. And uh, it's pretty sad to see Paddy with all the, that he's been through you know, continue to have these concussion problems. And it might be slightly hard to judge right now, but do we think it's worth Paddy continuing his career if, you know, he is more susceptible to these concussion blows? Like, I know he's probably wanting to get as as much out of his career as possible, you know, former number one draft pick, obviously a super talent. Um, and it's been a shame that he hasn't been able to, you know, play to the level that we would probably expect from a number one draft pick. But at what point does Paddy go, my health comes first? So, um, Ash, I'll throw it to you first this time. What are your thoughts on Paddy? Yeah, and I think it's really a question there. I think um, he, if the AFL is serious about sort of the current lawsuit and everything that's going on, that they need to sort of put a foot down and, and, and bring it into it as sad as it is. And I really feel for Paddy and it was such an innocuous incident sort of to get um, a concussion and just the way that he was struggling to get up afterwards. And um, it, it was really sort of hard to to watch, but yeah, I don't see a way where he could play again. And um, yeah. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. Uh, Jake, we'll throw it to you next. What are your thoughts on Paddy? Uh, yeah, well, it, it wasn't a good, you know, it wasn't good to watch at all. Uh, we all had high hopes when he came to the Swans, had a great year last year. I'm more thinking, you know, it'll be, it'll be a hard decision, but I reckon he'll make a great coach. He's obviously made a good change uh, from forward to now being a pretty good intercept mark. So I think, you know, coaching 
um, you know, it wouldn't be the worst decision. It's always hard to hang up the boots, but when, you know, I, I, I wonder how many people actually hit their head on the ground the same as he did and don't have the same reaction. So, um, you know, I think it's a bit harsh to watch, yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Will Pukowski, um, you know, Victorian and Australian test cricketer, you know, someone who we think is a generational talent and then, you know, is just so um, susceptible to, you know, these kinds of things. Like I heard Pukowski got a concussion from, you know, playing like the kick um, kick up warm-ups with a soccer ball one day, a shield game at Adelaide Oval and, you know, he looked really good in that in the first innings of that game and then the next minute he's out with concussion. So um, we're starting to see it more often. But, um, Nath, what are your thoughts on Paddy and do you think this is it for him? We certainly hope it's not the case, but um, do you think it's it for him? Yeah, look, I, I think the, the most concerning thing with his case is the fact that how innocuous and, I guess, low-grade the impact was on his head and then how severe, you know, the outcome was for him. And, and that's obviously a toll of multiple concussions um, on a player. And, again, we don't know exactly what's going on inside his head as well. And I think the other factor, that, and he's openly spoken about as well, that we have to consider in this uh, situation is his mental health as well. You know, you'd hope that he's got another 50, 60 years of good life to live um and mental health is a big one that's you know wrapping around not just the afl but the world at the moment so i think you know that's going to be put at the forefront whatever decision it is that he decides to make whether it's made by the afl by sydney or by himself i think those two things have got to be at the forefront of the decision that's made yeah it's a it's a highly debated topic and i don't think that this concussion issue is going to go away if anything it's going to get more highlighted and more prominent due to instances like this but um our thoughts go out to to patty and his family and we certainly hope that um he recovers from this concussion and ideally we'd love him to get back on the footy field but if that's not the case um you know we wish him all the best with whatever he decides to do after footy uh let's talk a little bit more positive Uh, a few really good things from the weekend the saints make it four in a row uh which is fantastic considering their injury list is still quite massive um they got a win over the gold coast on Saturday night. My Port boys got a win over Sydney. Um, Jake uh, Bombers got the win as well, but they were really inaccurate. Um, Let's start with the Bombers, actually. Jake, uh, what are your thoughts on Jake Stringer? Um, It's good to see him in form. And when he's, when he plays like what he did on Sunday, he's easily a top 15 player in the comp. Well, I mean, he whipped out a barrel uh, out of nowhere, really, and it kind of got the crowd excited. Uh, and the game was really in the balance for, us to be, for it to be won. And, uh, yeah, we came out. I thought, you know, the midfield for the Giants were all over us in the first half. Uh, Green, who was playing well. Ward was doing well, kicking some goals. Uh, but, yeah, we, we fought back and it was, pretty, it was a good – it was a well-fought win. I thought, I thought Menzi and Draper, you know, just some of their little wins they had for us and Phillips, I thought they were pretty good for us as well. Uh, and Heppel – um, you know, hundred percent efficiency after not a lot of our supporters jumped off his bandwagon. So, yeah, it was good. Uh, Ash, we'll throw it to you next. What did you like from the weekend? I know you're probably wanting to talk about the Blues, but are there any other good news stories from the weekend that you really liked? Well, I think that Adelaide was um, a, a bit of a good story for me. That, that probably the uh, a bit of a surprise to see. I don't think many. We're expecting them to sort of be towards the top end of the ladder at the end of the season. And I think probably on the other hand, we weren't expecting Port sort of expecting Port to be there, but who knows, it might be the other Adelaide team that finishes in the top eight at the end of the year. I think um, what was impressive for me from the Crows was a lot of their smalls sort of getting involved. And it wasn't sort of all to do with um, the tools, kicking bags. Rochelle was great. Rankin was great. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what the Crows can pull off uh, for the rest of the year. And, Nathan, uh, Ash has probably stolen your thunder a little bit with uh, talking about the Crows, but what did you like from the weekend? Uh, I really like the Bulldogs. Um, I, I thought we probably raised some valid concerns about them after the first two rounds and what they dished up, um, and then they've 
put in really solid back-to-back performances against Brisbane under the roof and then, you know, in some interesting conditions on um, Saturday afternoon against the Tigers. And I think the biggest thing, and we've mentioned it plenty of times and people are probably sick of hearing it, but, you know, the clearance game is, you know, clearance is a king right now. And, you know, 20 out of the 42 clearances the Bulldogs had were shared between Pontempelli, Trelaw and Liberatore, you know, people are finally, you know, realizing that Bont's, you know, you know, a one-man show there, and there's other blokes there getting their hands dirty. I think it's really positive for the Bulldogs. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago as well, but Cody Waitman's due back hopefully this week for them as well. So you know, he's their number one key uh, small forward rather. Um, sets up a, a bit of a, a blockbuster in my eyes on Saturday night against Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. I think, but they're impressive at the moment. Yeah, um, having been in Sydney, it was good to watch the boys get a get a win. Um, you know, it wasn't a fantastic game of football. It was obviously exciting because it was close. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it was a, a particularly good game of football. Um, both sides were very scrappy, um, not a high level of skill, but it was a lot of pressure at the contest. Um, and I thought Chad Warner for the Swans played really well. Um, Ollie Florin had the shot for goal um, as the siren went. Uh, up to that point, he was fantastic. He had 33 disposals. Uh, and for Port, I think Jeremy Finlayson was a good story. You know, unfortunately, um, his wife, uh, Kelly, has got um, terminal lung cancer, which is really sad. So um, I think that game meant a lot to him and, and the boys really got around him from what I could see on the weekend. And I thought Xavier Dersman was really good for Port Adelaide. Um, and I'll make a controversial call. Um, I think that Zach Butters will be a future captain of Port Adelaide. Um, I really like what I saw from him on Saturday night. Um, he's just got the, you know, jump on my shoulders mentality, even though he's a little fella, um, but he goes harder than, anyone and um, I don't think that Port would have won without um, him on the weekend. Um, I suppose another good story as well, I think with Brisbane Lions, um, you know, we did label them flat track bullies a couple of weeks ago um, and they did win at the Gabba again against Collingwood. But, you know, you've got to beat the teams. Um, doesn't matter where you play them. And the fact that they've been able to get one up on Collingwood um, and showed a few weaknesses to the competition of Collingwood's, um, you know, the ruck situation for Collingwood we talked about last week. Um, how is that going to progress moving forward? Are there posi- positional mm. changes that Craig McRae can make? Does he try and put Frampton to the ruck and try and get someone else to cover um, that second, you know, toll in the defensive half with, with Darcy Moore? So, um, and it just highlights the, um, importance of missing Jeremy Howe as well because, you know, if Howe's fit, then Frampton probably comes into that team and plays in the ruck. So um, are there any other things that are of particular note from the weekend, um, Ash? Uh, In terms of positives or just in general? Yeah, just in general. We'll probably sleep into the – get into the negatives and the – next few minutes, but any other positive things could be individual players or could just be overall team performances. Uh, no, I think most of it's uh, probably been covered. Nick Dacos is a, um, a star. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about Nick Dacos a little bit more later on in the fantasy, uh, segment because our back lines are being decimated due to injuries and the tribunal. So, uh, that would be interesting. Uh, boys, Fremantle are very concerning in my eyes. We've talked about it beforehand, and, and Nath was really um, right in calling out, you know, that they beat up a very injury-heavy um, side in the West Coast Eagles last week. And West Coast were right up in um, the derby mm. until three-quarter time and just sort of got um, run off their legs in the end. But... Nath, as the Western Australian of the group, uh, how do you see Fremantle at the moment and what's the media coverage in Perth like at the moment surrounding their performances? Yeah, they're getting slammed. And I guess the reason why they're getting slammed is is, is when you make a semi-final, when you win a final, you don't take a step backwards. You take steps forward and you know look to make prelims and top fours and whatever else. And they're not doing that at the moment. And I think... Um, at the moment, they're soul-searching. You know, they really um, 
were dominant defensively last year, and that's what their their big draw card was. And, you know, the last couple of weeks we've seen that that's not the case. You know, the Crows put 111 on them. They were the first team to put 100 on them in um, in over 12 months. So the last round of 2021 was the last time they had 100 points scored against them. Um, that's looking vulnerable now. The midfield, you know, someone like an Andy Brayshaw who, you know, had a really, really good year last year. He looks, you know, timid and a little bit soft and not hungry in that midfield. Their lack of urgency, speed of ball movement, inside 50 delivery, it's all really, really concerning. And I, I think Justin Longmuir is going to be the first coach to be really seriously questioned for his um, position as a head coach oh. in the AFL. You know, there's a lot of people over here saying that Fremantle should have started the season 6-0 and with the draw they had, and I didn't disagree. They had a, a reasonable draw to run the gauntlet for the first six rounds. And, you know, we're now sitting here on a Tuesday night thinking, geez, if, if Fremantle lose the Gold Coast on Friday night, where, where does that leave their season? I think another thing with them is their selections. I don't think they've made the right selections. They've dropped Will Brody, who I thought was a mistake. He was one of the players that was, you know, hungry and put his head over the ball, almost like that David Mundy-type player um, that they're missing at the moment. Matt Tabernard is not quite up to it. You've got people like, you know, um, Callum, you've mentioned him, Josh Corbett sitting in the wings that they brought across from the Gold Coast. Sam Sturt sitting there as well. Um, you know, you're picking players like Liam Henry and... Brandon Walker, who quite aren't quite up to standard yet, and I, I think they've got to have a serious look at themselves for this Gold Coast game because it, it seems on the, on the line for them. It really is, and I think if they drop that, they're they're done. I think they um, they won't make finals, and it's a, a serious concern around Long New York mm. that team. And I think we talked about on the previous show as well that sure they got in Jackson. But how much is that going to cost them in the long run? Sure, Jackson, Jackson's a long-term player, and he's going to be a good player for him. But you look, they gave up first-round pick last year, first-round pick this year, uh, future second-round pick, I believe, as well. Um, you know, they lost Griffin Logue as well. Um, they lost Rory Lobb. So, you know, even though they weren't the most amazing players, I still feel like Logue and Lobb, really um, played important roles for the team. And, you know, if they had their time again, would they let those players go? Like, you know, I think Logue was a fantastic player for them. And um, could they have done something differently with their forward line where they played Brennan Cox forward and um, played Logan the defensive half? Because that probably would have made a bit more sense to me. Um, That's just me spinning magnets, but I'm sure some of the, other boys have got some opinions on it. So, Jake, what are your thoughts on Fremantle at the moment? And do you think it's do or die this weekend? Well, I think it's maybe it's possibly do or die for both teams. I mean, I look at Gold Coast and I think Fremantle would love to have either a Casbot or a King, uh, the way they kick the ball inside their forward line. Uh, but I think, I mean, touching, if we're going on the Suns, um, very disappointing game. I thought I was looking forward to the midfield battle. And, I mean, Stocker, Owens, Ross, Sinclair, like they just – that racking up the ball, there was no defense played whatsoever. So I think, you know, midfield on midfield, it, that will just be who kicks the most goals, you know, who kicks the most points will win that game, to be honest, because both defensive efforts aren't that good for those two teams at the moment. So that'll be an interesting game, I reckon. Yeah, I've been really disappointed with the Gold Coast Suns in the first um, month of the season. And I know they got that win over Geelong, but, you know, pretty well in those other three performances that they've dished up, they've been non-competitive in stages of those games. You know, they were right up three-quarter time. It was pretty even between the Saints and and the Suns. You know, they got smacked in round one against Sydney. Mm. And, you know, for a team that that expectation is starting to come now because we're all getting really impatient with the Gold Coast, but I just don't know when it's going to click. Um, Ash, what are your thoughts on Fremantle and the Suns at the moment? Oh, I might add a third team into the mix, if you don't mind. Um, Go for it, mate. Go for it. (laughs) Hawthorne. um, No one was really expecting them to sort of amount to much. And I guess you could sort of say the same about Geelong. Why did it take them 14, sorry, so I did a bit of maths there, 14 quarters to show a little fight? I thought Hawthorne almost had them in the first half. But then how did Hawthorne go from competing with the – reigning premiers to dropping 14 of the last 15 goals in the second half. Um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> quite a turnaround there. Um, 
Yeah, who really knows? Uh, both Geelong and Hawthorne. Yeah, there's obviously been a lot of commentary around Hawthorne and the list changes that they made over the summer. I think Gunston going to Brisbane made perfect sense for him, um, but the decision to trade out contracted midfielders in Tom Mitchell and Jago Amir, I think, is going to bite them. Sure, in the long term, it's probably the right play, but if we're looking at it right now, I don't believe that they concede you know, nine goals in a row as they did in that third quarter with Mitchell and O'Meara in the midfield because they're both clearance beasts, mm. those two. And um, we see that O'Meara is struggling now that he's gone to Fremantle and he's probably not getting the proper midfield minutes that he was sort of hoping for. You know, he's playing a lot across the half-forward flank. But where do you see Jake O'Meara at the moment, Ash? Because I feel like he's just kind of in a bit of no-man's land. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's uh, you could probably say the same about half of Freo's list at the moment. Yeah. Um, Jager Amira sort of, um, I don't know how many times he's uh, racked over 20 possessions so far this year, but he's he's been um, quite disappointing and I'm not sort of sure what the contract situation there is with him at Freo, but it was a, a last-minute trade and um, certainly hasn't lived up to expectations there so far. Yeah, and I think with uh, Mundy retiring, we all kind of thought it would have been a good fit. Um, He gets to go home, back to WA. He gets to go into a team that's pretty well established and ready for a bit more success. But um, I just see that Fremantle selections and sort of, you know, um, position dilemmas is really hurting someone like him because I don't feel like he's achieving his best. And maybe I'll throw it to the WA expert in, in Nathan, but how do you see Jago O'Meara at the moment? Well, I think he's that sort of player that has to play in the midfield. Um, and I think there is a spot there for him, but it's just about how they actually shift the magnets around to make sure that happens. But I guess it's like any club, you know, your third or fourth, even fifth choice midfielder has to be that adaptable player that can play out in the wing or play off the halfback or off the forward flank as well. I don't think he's that sort of a player. Um, and I think maybe that's where someone like a Will Brody um, is probably a little bit more valuable than him because uh, he does have the ability to go out on the wing or probably off the half forward more specifically, I think. But further to Ash's point as well, I think, I I don't think Hawthorne are a concern. This is what we expected from them. We knew that they, you know, sort of got got rid of their senior players to rebuild. They have a, they have a purpose and their purpose is to rebuild and blood these young kids. Whereas Fremantle and, and Gold Coast specifically we don't know what their trajectory is right now because we look at their list profile and where they should be heading and they're not. And I think that's the concern that we have with those two teams compared to Hawthorne. Hawthorne is sort of living up to expectations. We expect, you know, second half fade outs because they're young and they're going to run out of legs and just not have the class of someone like a Geelong has. But Fremantle and Gold Coast, I think what they've sort of dished up at the moment is inexplainable because of the trajectory that we thought they were going to have this year, I reckon. Yeah, and I think... It kind of leads nicely into where's this team at? Um, and that's Richmond for me. They lost on the weekend. Um, they've had a win and a draw um, in the first four weeks as well. With Tom Lynch expected to have a extended time on the sidelines with injury and possibly suspension, we don't know whether he's actually properly getting suspended. That's in deliberation at the moment as we co- record. Um but I'm quite worried about the Tigers with the number of injuries as well. And um, the kicking efficiency is something that's been highlighted on footy classified as well by Kane Corns. And um, I tend to agree with him. You know, the midfielders, they get a lot of the ball, but they're not exactly, um, you know, converting that into additional scores. And Ash, I'll throw this one to you. Um, how does Richmond try and replace Tom Lynch? Obviously, Jack Rewalt will come back into the side for gather round, but um, are there any other options that the Tigers have? Oh, potentially swing Noel Bolter forward. Um, Samson Ryan's another option who um, might be a good fancy option. <laughs> uh, who else? Um, I think Noel Bolter is probably someone who I'd be um, experimenting with. Um, I think that have a few um, key defensive options to 
cover for him. So you can probably afford to sacrifice him and swing him up forward. I know that the Tigers do have a number of injuries in the defensive half. I think Terrence going to be coming back in the next couple of weeks and same as Gibkiss. So, you know, if those two come back, then, you know, it does give them the option to throw someone like Bolter forward. Um, Cause I think Richmond's game plan and style, it does hold up and, you know, I still anticipate that they'll be in the eight towards the end of the year. Um, but I'm just not sure how it's going to look for them in the next probably six weeks. Maybe, Jake, you could um, jump in here and give your thoughts on the Tigers. Yeah, well, I mean, they were they were getting smashed in that first half and I kind of looked at the score and I was like, gee, Richmond, they've come back and I thought they could have ran away with this game. But um, no credit to the Dogs and, you know, they had Norton up there and Lynch and, you know, they're just missing someone. I think Nankervis has also picked up an injury as well. So, you know, they're down on a Ruckman. Uh, so, yeah, so just they got these people in the midfield. They brought Sonsi in on the weekend as kind of like a Cochran replacement. But, again, they're just, they just can't find a target. And I'm not sure if it was the weather on the weekend as well as an excuse, but it's kind of been an issue all, all year. So, um, yeah, this week against the Swans, I'm not quite sure how they'll go. Yeah, I feel like. Um, Richmond's trying to do almost like a rebuild on the run type thing where they still want to be competitive. And I still think they'll make the A. I still think it will be the bottom half of the A um, at the moment. Um, But, yeah, it's just I think they're starting to get found out a little bit. And as you mentioned, Nankervis will have surgery on an ankle. to um, He sustained a syndesmosis injury. And we know those injuries can be really nasty and be up to, you know, three months recovery time. So I think it's a watch and space, uh, watch this space for the Tigers, but it's a good opportunity for Ivan Soldo as well. It was potentially going to get traded to the GWS Giants last year, uh, but now he's probably going to have a good, let's say, eight weeks, six yeah. to eight weeks minimum to try and cement himself uh, back in the team. Boys, let's move into AFL fantasy. Um not a not a good week for me personally. I scored eighteen twenty five. Uh, didn't help that I had wits um, get withdrawn from the Suns game. Um, I had to play Samson Ryan on my field, um, and between my two ruckmen in Lloyd Meek and uh, Samson Ryan, only scored seventy five odd points. So that just tells you how bad my team went this week. Um, and it's only going to get worse, I think, for a lot of coaches out there because Doherty um, is going to be out for four to six weeks with a meniscus injury, which is very unfortunate. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Will Day has been given a two-game suspension. So um, thank God for Clayton Oliver. He got me uh, 258 with the C on him. Um, so if I didn't have Clayton Oliver um, as my captain, uh, it would have been a whole lot worse for my team. Uh, Nathan, I'll throw it to you next. How did your fantasy team go? Yeah, as I put in the group chat during the weekend, boys, it's, I think it's a control-alt-delete sort of a weekend for me. Uh, 1867, I slid down back or back down into the 30,000s in the rankings. So I think my dream of a hat or even a Hilux is uh, well and truly uh, dashed for me for this year. It's probably concerning that my second highest scorer for the week was a bloke playing in his fourth game as good as he is. Um, yeah, that's not ideal. And from a trade perspective, I've got no idea what I'm going to do this week. You know, I, I did have a plan when it was just uh, Doherty as the injured player, but now that I've got Doc and potentially Will Day missing two weeks as well, I've got no idea. I, I want to get Dacos because I'm uh, upset that I'm missing out on that little fun party that he's uh, chopping up every week, but... Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty grim. But um, one player that I really do like, and I, I'm jealous that I didn't get at the start of the season, was Tim English. He's uh, he's one of only six players to have not dropped under 100 yet this year, and 145 on the weekend against Net, mostly against Nan Curvis, who's been probably one of the more dominant rucks uh, across the competition this year. If that's what he's doing against someone like that, like, geez, he's going to be up for a big, big season. And, you know, you could potentially almost say that he's in the Grundy territory of being um, snouted at some stage in the future as well, I reckon. Yeah, I think um, I'll be jumping on the Nick Dacos train as well. Um, I'll downgrade Doherty to, to Dacos at this point in time. 
um, because I've already got Jordan Dawson and James Sisley in my back line. But um, I have a I feel since that Charlie um, Constable got dropped from the Gold Coast, it's really unsettled my team because I thought he would have been in there for a long time and, you know, I had to do some DPP changes. Therefore, I have to play Ollie Hollands on field and move Gimby into the back line. Um, so I feel like that change has really stuffed me up because I did not want Hollands to be playing on my field. But at the moment, I don't really have a choice. And um, I think the rookies this weekend were, were not particularly fantastic. I brought in Humphrey um, and played him on my field ahead of, of um, Philippou. Um, and that kind of blew up in my face a little bit, um, cost me 20-odd points there. So, um, Ash, your team definitely did better than mine probably did better than Nathan's as well. So you can rub salt into the wound, mate. I mean, I'm not sure there's much salt to be uh, rubbed in the wound with a rank of 25,000. But, but um, look, I think I, I scored 2016, which is um, fairly uh, decent considering I had on field three players who scored under 50 and not a single one of my midfielders turned up. So um, pretty grim there, but still managed to crack over the 2K mark. Um, I'm glad that I started the season set and forget with Marshall and English. They've been um, lifesavers, although I was um, wanting to punch uh, Ross Lyon through my screen when he subbed out. My captain, Rowan Marshall, he was on track for a massive score and was subbed out, which was quite unfortunate there. Um, Day uh, Doherty. I am going to have to trade out this week, unfortunately. I'm probably going to hold Will Day through his suspension just because I think he's still got um, the value which he holds is probably enough to sort of warrant just holding him just for a few weeks. I did the same thing with Cosby Pickett, and he did all right despite kicking two goals, five or something like that. So if he converted and was a bit more accurate in front of goal, I could have been set for a massive score. But, um, yeah, I think I'll hold Will Day. I'll bring in Clayton Oliver this week. I'm going to get rid of um, Brennan Cox, who's been absolute rubbish for me. Rory Laird, who I was so fixed on trading out, but I think with the injury to Doc, uh, Laird is going to have to wait another week. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, Callum, this is the perfect week for some Charlie Constable revival. So I've been holding him <laughs> the whole time just because I thought, Instead of downgrading him to a rookie on my bench, I'd rather fix up some of the um, shocking players on field. So um, fingers crossed he gets brought back this week. That would certainly sort out uh, my Will Day and Dockney problems. Yeah, I don't think these problems are going to go away anytime soon. And um, I think things are only going to get harder when we do start having the buy rounds as well. Um, you know, there's players that are going to go down all the time. Um due to injuries and suspensions. Um, but we've got to try and adapt to that as best as we possibly can. Now, boys, it's gather round this week. So all 18 clubs are going to be based here in Adelaide. Um, I'm going to try and get to a few of the games, but unfortunately the weather's not looking fantastic for a lot of these games. I would um, very much hate to be North Melbourne and Brisbane who are going to go and play in Mount Barker. One of the uh, one of the pr- a pretty cold place, if you ask me, it's uh, it's a very open and exposed ground. So uh, that's going to be a very interesting one to watch. But um, Norwood's a fantastic uh, SANFL ground. Um, the Crows women's team play there a fair bit. Um, so are there any particular games from the weekend you're like, oh, this is going to be really good to watch. I think the Crows and Carlton game to kick off the round will be probably one of the better ones to watch, in my opinion. Um, and another one that's kind of jumped out to me sort of lately is Collingwood and St Kilda. I think, you know, with the way the Saints are going um, and Ross Lyon as well, I feel like he's going to have a trick or two up his sleeve to try and unsettle the pies. Um I'm kind of worried I am going to get in Nick Dacos regardless, but I feel like Ross Lyon might have a defensive forward type tag for him, which we've seen um, him implement in the past. But, uh, Jake, after you got left out of the fantasy <laughs> segment, let's bring you back in, mate. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on Gather Round? 
Uh, well, you know, I'm looking, you know, at the Essendon Demons game. Obviously, Wiedemann's not going to be available this week uh, with a concussion. So it'll be interesting to see if we swing Langford forward, potentially. Uh, I'm, and I am looking at that Pies and St. Kilda game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing if Higgins can keep up his good form against, you know, Moore or Murphy or whoever they end up putting on him. And, yeah, so that that's mainly the game I'm looking at. And also, the Cats and the Eagles, can the Cats... Keep up their momentum. Uh, can they can they flog uh, the Eagles on the weekend? That's my question too. Yeah, I feel like West Coast are gonna you know have a really tough time of it the next few weeks. They've got the Cats this week, um, and then they've also got Port in Anzac Round. So um, a tough couple of weeks for them. Um, I think the Port and Bulldogs game is going to be really interesting. Um, not trying to be biased as a Port Adelaide supporter, but. You know, what we've seen from both sides has been very mixed um, so far. And I think these are two teams that are relatively, uh, I'd probably say they're quite evenly matched. So um, Port, you know, coming off a a very close win against a good Sydney side um, and the Dogs, you know, racking up some good wins against Brisbane um, and Richmond on the weekend as we saw. So, Ash, what are your thoughts um, on the weekend and uh, any games from Gather Round that are really standing out to you? Well, I think they've um, unintentionally fixed in this really sort of um, interesting that all the teams that are playing against each other are all sort of sitting in a relatively similar ladder position range. So I think mm-hmm. six out of the top eight teams are going to be playing against each other. So that's going to make for some uh, really interesting viewing to see, especially some of the teams like... Um, St Kilda and Callum, who probably haven't played some genuine premiership contenders so far. So to see them play against Adelaide, who have uh, really been contending well, and St Kilda versus Collingwood, sort of get a really get a, a good gauge on where those teams are at against some quality opposition. So looking forward to it. And Nate, lucky last, what are your thoughts on um, Gather Round? Yeah, look, this is probably the fifth week in a row I've said it, but this is another cracking round of footy. Um, I, I think we're probably starting off with a really probably the round of the game of the round. I reckon, um, in my opinion, I think it's the the best forward line right now in the league, uh, being the Crows versus the best forward duo in the league, being uh, Colonel and Mackay. So I'm really excited to see how those two dynamics at either end of the field work. Super exciting, and hopefully it's a bit of a shootout as well. Um, I probably we've we've all mentioned it, but Essendon and St Kilda, neither team have played anyone of note yet this year. Um, and my prediction is, I reckon both of them get absolutely belted. I don't think they're probably as good as we think they are, um, being three and one and four and zero oh respectively. And I think yeah, Collingwood will do a job Sunday afternoon against um, the Saints, and I think Melbourne will do a job um, on Saturday against Essendon. Um, and probably the last two for me would be is the phrase "build again." Um, to the Port and the Bulldogs. You know, they've shown, you know, glimpses over the last couple of weeks. They can play good footy. Um, but I think now the question for both those teams is do it again and show us that it's not a fluke, it's not a one-off, and they can consistently win big games of footy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one we've mentioned before is is don't, again, don't overreact when Geelong pump West Coast. Um I think too many people are jumping to conclusions from uh, the game yesterday when Geelong beat Hawthorne. They should be. They're the premiers from last year, and Hawthorne will be the wooden spooners this year. And they should pump West Coast um, on on the weekend as well, because West Coast will probably finish in seventeenth position as well. So, um, I hope for you know his sake as well, and my prediction of the of the Coleman Medal that Jeremy Cameron kicks another seven as well. But yeah, look, you know, I think it's going to be a cracking round of footy, and I think rightly so, Carlton Adelaide to start the the round off should really set it off really nice. Yeah, I think I'm going to need to uh, change my tip for the Coleman this year with um, Tom Lynch missing a few games. So I'm probably going to jump on the Jeremy Cameron train at the moment. Um, He's pretty hard to overlook. And, um, you know, his game in all aspects of, you know, finding the footy, obviously kicking snags, um, you know, it's right up there. And I know that he kicked seven against the Hawks and, you know, we don't expect the Hawks to – you know, cause any sort of problems this year, but you know, you got to you got to kick the goals against you know whoever you're playing on the weekend, and um, I think he's one of the only Geelong players that you can say is you know performing above his weight at the moment. So, um, just wanted to finish off on something different. If the AFL persists with gather round again next year, 
Do you think it takes place in Adelaide again or do you think it's something that gets moved around um, each year? Because, you know, I think Queensland's had a really good exposure to footy through COVID and the hub in 2020. Um, I think as we were talking off off air just before, you know, I went to the the SCG on um, Saturday night and for a city of 8 million people, they only got 31,000 to show up. So, you know, I feel like trying to grow the game in New South Wales would be something that I would do. You know, then you could at least take it to, you know, Western Sydney. You could have games at the SCG. You could probably take some games to Canberra as well, um, you know, Blacktown and all those sorts of areas as well. Um, there's op- more options in terms of grounds, but, you know, I think filling up the stadiums would be something that would be a hard sell no pun intended in new Mm. south wales um you know if tassie are looking to you know get into the comp could we try and do something like that in tassie and really promote the game when we know that tasmania Mm. are officially coming in um ash i'll throw it to you first what are your thoughts yeah um i mean i wasn't always a fan of gather around as a concept but I, i am a fan of these sort of specialty rounds, whether it be sort of playing all the games in one state, having a um a rivalry round, sort of have all the showdowns derby, the um Collingwood Carlton sort of in one week. I reckon that could be pretty special. Um a heritage round. I'm not sure what other sort of ideas there are, but I I am a fan of having sort of um sort of a few of these weeks to sort of mix it up a bit. I think that in a 24 week season Sometimes it can get a little bit repetitive, especially sort of in the second half of the year. So I like having those sort of um, special rounds just to mix it up a bit. And Jake, uh, what are your thoughts on Gather Around? And, you know, if it's not in Adelaide next year, where do you think it could end up? Yeah, well, I do like the idea of Gather Around, you know, giving it to other states, letting them have a shot at everything. I mean, I wouldn't mind them bringing it to Melbourne and have them play at the grounds that were used in the 80s, the 90s, even in the early 2000s. I think that would be a good prospect. Um, I might just go back uh, to, you know, a couple of the comments from before, but some some people that I looked at on the weekend and I thought had a good game, I looked at uh, Cam Rayner, you know, four goals coming into the forward line, coming off, uh, you know, back from the back line. And, you know, can Tom uh, McDonald from Melbourne, can he hold his spot? Uh, while Ben Brown, uh, you know, while he's out injured, can he, you know, hold his spot, kick four on the weekend? So I think he's due for a bag on the weekend as well, as Nathan was saying. Awesome. And Ash, uh, where do you think that gather round could be played next year if it does continue? Uh, Ash or Nathan? Nathan, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, look, I disagree with Jake. I reckon it does not need to go to Melbourne. It's uh-huh. Every round is pretty much gather round in Melbourne. Um, I reckon, you know, being biased over here in Perth, I reckon Perth would be a cracking location. Um, you know, they've showed in the past having the AFL Grand Final and packing out Optus Stadium as well. I think they're well equipped um, to to being able to do that. Uh, it's always risky, probably trying to do it in uh, NRL heavy territory, being Sydney and Brisbane. I, I, I would probably keep it between Adelaide and Perth at this stage. I think they're the two biggest non-Victorian footy mad states at this stage. Um, and I think they're probably very well deserving of um, having that given their stadiums and their local footy setups as well, that they've got plenty of grounds to be able to facilitate um, a gather round, but also the fans. Um, the fans will come out in droves um, in Adelaide this weekend, multiple sellouts, which is exciting. And I think it would be exactly the same if it's over here in Perth as well. And I think something that's really positive about this particular weekend of footy is the tickets aren't super expensive. Um, in Adelaide, I was looking to get tickets to Friday night's game between Richmond and, and Sydney, and the tickets are only 30 bucks for an adult, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, something that I was really critical of um, the ICC for doing in the T20 World Cup is they're making tickets $125 to $165, uh, which is quite ridiculous. So, you know, it's good that the AFL are trying to – you know, make it affordable, make it accessible um, because it's better that you play, fill the stadium and, you know, get as many people in there as possible than, you know, try to rip people off to make um, as much money as possible. But uh, boys, 
it's always a pleasure to catch up with you on a Tuesday night. Um, you know, it's going to be a really interesting round of footy um, and I'm sure we'll have lots to discuss next Tuesday. So, uh, Nate, any final thoughts before we finish up this evening? No, I reckon the Crows beat Carlton. That's my big Ooh, one. Controversial tip. Ash, got a controversial tip. I got your name right this time. <laughs> oh, what's my controversial tip? Come back to me. Let me think about it. All right, Jake, what's yours, mate? Well, I don't have a tip, but I'm just trying to remember if we hit the over-under for the West Coast loss. Oh, my... I actually I actually got it. So it was 63 points, and I said 61, and Nathan oh, picked 60. Okay. So okay. I ended up getting the chocolates in the end on that one. You won by default. <laughs> oh, it's all strategy, mate. It's all strategy. I wish that could uh, roll over into <laughs> my that? fantasy gameplay. But um, in terms of a prediction for this weekend, I'm going to go the Suns to beat Fremantle. I'm going to go the Suns to beat Fremantle at Norwood Oval uh, and the and the pressure's really going to come for, for Justin Longmuir. And, you know, I, um, I was worried about Fremantle at the start of the year, but uh, I think the first four rounds so far have confirmed my suspicions. Now, Ash, I will throw it back to you. What have you got? I actually agree with um, Nathan. I reckon that Adelaide will actually beat um, Calvin, unfortunately. Um, I suck at making these big um, because I reckon that... Uh, Give me a winner between Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, okay. I reckon Port Adelaide. It's really strange that we're talking about this because I'm looking at the odds at the moment. Um, Port Adelaide $1.52, Western Bulldogs $2.55. I feel like there's some really good value in the Bulldogs. And um, I think if you got on the Bulldogs 1-39 to um, at the moment, um, that's looking like a pretty good bet. But um, we're going to have to wait for team selections with that one, depend if Co- see if Cody Waitman gets selected. I assume Brian Burden's going to come back for Port Adelaide. Um, but a game that I actually think could be very, very, very interesting uh, is the Giants and the Hawks. I think the Hawks might have a little bit of spice in them. I don't know if it's enough to get over the Giants because I think the Giants are playing some good footy, um, but they just haven't been getting the results that they're quite after at the moment. So, When, when does the first overall draft pick get a game, you reckon? When does Cadman get a game? I don't reckon it's this week, um, but I think it will be in the weeks to come. And I feel like with the Giants, there's been a lot of reliance on Toby Green and Jesse Hogan. So um, I think they might need to spread spread the load. And Himmelberg's not having uh, – he is playing forward this year, but he's not, um, you know, impacting the scoreboard as he once was. And I think, you know, if Cadman plays, it gives Kingsley the flexibility to um, send Himmelberg Back, down back and, you know, take the kick outs and, and, you know, carve up with those really good foot skills that he has. Boys, I think we'll leave it there. That's that's a wrap for round four of the Mojo Sports AFL show. If you're not following us on the Instagram page, go and do it at Mojo Sports AFL and we will see you next week. Bye for now. 